Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's our very special guest from Laurel Glen Bible Church, Deaf Church, in Bakersfield, California, Pastor Jeff Jackson. Welcome, Pastor Jeff Jackson. Amen. Thank you, Brother Eddie. I guess you guys can sit down. (laughs) You guys are great. Praise God. Yes. Yes. Wow. Wow. I am so, this is amazing. I am full of joy. Full of joy to be here with each and every one of you this morning, last Friday night, yesterday, all day, and this morning again. Joy. It is a joy to be here. I am so inspired. I've got Ugh. goosebumps. I'm not using the word happy. Happy. No. Why? Because happy is superficial. It's just on the surface. Joy comes from deep inside. Can't fake the joy, right? That's where it comes from. But where does it come from? It comes from the Spirit of God that is within stilled me, that gives me joy. It's joy in my heart. It's inspiring, and it's just goosebumps. And I can see it in your eyes and your bodies and your body language here today. Yes, I see joy. It is a joy to be here with each and one of you. So praise God. Let's praise God. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes, praise God. And you know, did you see that trailer, the Jesus film? Wow. That's incredible. I cannot wait. I don't know about you, but I cannot wait. And the reason why I can't wait is because you know how many deaf people in the world. There are 70 million deaf people in this world. 70 million. Wrap your head around that. That are living on this planet. In the United States, there are 24 million deaf people here in America. So 98% of that 24 million and 70 million throughout the world do not know Jesus? 98%? Through research, the average for one deaf person dies every hour. So the question is, 
how many of these deaf children, deaf people, will ever sit next to our God? Jesus. Do they have Jesus in the heart? Do they know? That's incredible. In the United States, ASL, American Sign Language, is the third most used language in America. Deaf people are the third most unreached people in the world. Third most unreached group in the world. That's significant. That is huge. There is a great need. I don't know a bigger word than great because God is amazing because he can do things that no one else can. And it's never impossible without God. And everything is because you are with God. Do you agree? Yes. Amen. Our God is awesome. He is incredibly awesome in so many different ways. We all know some stories. Your signing is incredible. You guys are awesome. Do the sign with me. Awesome. Copy me. Awesome. God. That's the sign for God. Is awesome. God. Now just remember that. Add your facial expression. Don't look like this. Does this look like awesome? No. Show it in your face. That's part of the language. Use that expression. Awesome. Yes, that's an awesome God. One more time. Come on with me. Awesome. God is. Amen. Thank you. Good job. Praise God. This morning, I started with a scripture that I opened with is Matthew chapter 28. And it's verse 18 through 20. And it says here, Jesus came and he told his disciples. He says, I have been given complete authority in heaven and on earth. So therefore, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples and teach them to obey all the commandments that I have given you. And be sure to know that I am always with you. Always. Even to the end of age. Always. This is what what he has commanded us. To go and teach disciples. And let them know. What is he teaching them? About Jesus, right? And that we are to go out and we are to teach them to obey his commandments, to obey him, and to baptize them in the name of our Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? It's our responsibility. So this morning, I have taken the words, disciples. And who are the disciples? We are. The true, the believers, the faithful, all the people, and who have already Jesus in them. In our hearts. So I want to add the word 
dedicated. And what does that mean, to be dedicated? Dedicated disciples. Let me tell you, that's right. That means you're committed. Truly, in and behind it, the meaning is that your life is no more within the wicked of sin, the sinful lifestyles anymore. It does not belong there. The behavior, the attitudes, the activities, all the things that are not honorable to God. So God in my life, if I'm a follower and faithful of God, I'm not going to. I'm going to transform and connect with God and live my life to his commandments. And that is a dedicated disciple. Right? Dedicated disciples. And what does that look like, though? Well, there's three things that you need to have in your heart. One is you got to have a G and a P and an S. Okay? It's not global positioning service, like on your phones, on your cell phone. It gives you directions and navigation, that GPS. It's the concept of what will help you and guide you. Yes, technology is great to tell you the map of where you're going to a restaurant, hospital, family house, friend's house. You all agree, right? You do use that GPS probably a lot, like I do. Of course we do. But that same GPS to give you a roadmap to be a dedicated disciple, what that looks like. And the three things that you have to have in your heart, GPS, and I'm going to expand what G stands for. You need to have God. You have to have a heart for God. Right? And it starts there, people. Come on now. It's important to have that, number one. That is number one. Let me tell you why. I got a heart for God, not only in worship, only, no, in my lifestyle, in your lifestyle. You are no more participating in the lifestyle of sin and all those activities because now you've reconnected to God and he's in your daily life, okay, in your daily lifestyle, your connection, your relationship with God, you are showing him and you're honoring him in the lifestyle of obeying his commandments and you're praising him through your life your body as a vessel your thoughts your words your emotion your language your actions are on par with what god is not the world not the behavior of the world the attitude the negativity the jealousy the hate the anger the war the conflict the drama that doesn't serve him or you. You are now connected to God and you have a heart of God. You are meshed with him. Yes? Yes. So Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 to 38. What did Jesus say? The most important commandment is what? That you must love the Lord with all, all of your heart, your being, all of your soul, and all of your mind. You love him, our God. You 
all of me, all of me, God, not just part of me. Oh, I love you. And I love all this other wicked ways of the world and the drama of the world. And that wants, that doesn't really serve him. So you're torn between the two. It's not like that. You can't do that. You have to be fully in him and to receive him and to get that you are experiencing what that means, what God's love feels like. You know it. You know God's love. Ugh. The forgiveness, the healing, the, the transformation that you feel to new thoughts that's different, that's not of the way of the world, right? The bitterness, the anger, the addiction, the hold and obsession, Anger, jealousy, retaliation, hate, giving up. No, we're going to connect and have this relationship with God. And we're going to experience what that love feels like and what it does for our lives. I want to tell you a story. I was born deaf. I've been deaf since birth. And I wasn't taught sign language my whole life. I had to communicate by lip reading. I didn't get to sign until I was age 20, which would be a natural native way to communicate. So I learned sign language at age 20, very late in life to learn language. And because I went to college when I was 19, I attended college and I was playing football. And I played baseball. It was good. It was great. We're playing football. I can follow the motions. I know how the action of how to play the game. But the problem was in the classroom, my grades were really bad. They were really low because I couldn't understand the teacher. I was lost. Lip reading, couldn't always catch it. I only catch every now and then. Maybe 20, 25% of what they were trying to say. So 75% was all guesswork. I was completely lost. And that led me to finally learn sign language at age 20 at the college with an interpreter who was teaching. I was watching the sign language and, and learning. I was meeting deaf people, other deaf people, and I was picking up and acquiring sign language. And then six months later, a deaf pastor came up to me and says, hey, Jeff, if you died today, where would you go? Ooh, well, I would go up to heaven, I'm sure, yeah. And then pastor asked me, well, Jeff, how do you get to heaven? Um, well, my mom, she's a, she's a Christian. She goes to church. And I grew up going to that church with my mom. Oh. And I got to tell you, my grandmother, ooh, she was a mighty strong Christian woman. She prayed. But that was about it. And the pastor said, well, Jeff, do you know who Jesus is? Um, I said, yeah, I think I've seen a movie with Jesus. And it showed that he can walk on water. And that's about it. 
So I wasn't really answering the questions right. I, I sounded very confused, right? It was not clear. So the deaf pastor had to explain it to me in American Sign Language, what, who Jesus is, and, and I could get it because I got language and I knew sign language and it helped me to understand. And he spent two hours with me, talked about how Jesus died on the cross and that he forgave our sins. And that's, he was in the tomb for three days and he resurrected. And how? Because he overcame death, sin, and darkness. Hallelujah. Broke free from the chains of bondage of the devil and Satan. And, and he says, you need to put your faith in your life in God and know that this is true. And do you feel this way? After that, I said, yes, pastor. And he told me, you can't borrow someone else's faith, your mother's faith, your grandmother's faith to get into heaven. You can't do that. They, you cannot borrow someone else's faith to come to heaven and say, hey, my mom and my grandma prays for me so I can come in, right? You can't borrow someone else's baptism or their faith to get into heaven. It doesn't work that way. So I looked at him. I finally understood for the first time what it means about the gospel and how it can impact my life. And I was 20 years old. And that's where I had a, an open heart and mind and I could receive and I gave my faith and belief into Jesus Christ who is the true Lord and Savior by the grace of God. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9, chapter 2, eight, verse 8 through 9, I was healed. I received the grace of God. I could not save myself. The grace of God came to me. And because I was open to it. So the Holy Spirit is here in my soul. That's what happened. Transform my life. It did transform me. To have the heart of God and connect and build my relationship with him. And I left the sins of the world. That lifestyle. I was transformed at that moment in my work in development, my relationship with the Lord. And I could feel it. My cup runneth over in my heart, in my mind, in my life. I could see things so much clearly now. Wow. I can't describe it. I can see it. My heart could see it. I know the difference between right and wrong. It was so clear to me. So... The heart of God is not the only thing. And what do you do with that? You only go to worship on Sundays? No, it's every day of your life. After church, we go home with our families, our spouses, our children, and our friends, and our neighbors, and our community, and our place of work. It's every day, that lifestyle, the heart of God. So I have the heart of God. Remember our GPS? Number one, G is for God. Secondly, you need to have a heart for P, people. 
right? Yes, remember that. Remember Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20? When Jesus informed all of his disciples that you shall go forth out in the world to teach and to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That was a commandment. You are the disciples. You have to have a heart of God to be that dedicated disciple. Secondly, you have a heart for people to share that and that we come together in a place of worship. Why? Why do we do that? Because we have a heart for people and we need to fellowship. We want to fellowship. We want to come and gather. This morning service or this morning I woke up and I went to church. You know why? Because I got a heart for people. I want to be amongst our people. That's where that comes from. And who are the people? Well, the heart of God. I have that. I woke up and I said, let's go. And boom, I'm going to go with the people. I'm going to worship together and I'm going to fellowship and we're going to build and we're going to learn and develop and increase our relationships with each other. And so how can we build those relationships with people? How does those relationships work? First of all, again, we've got a relationship with God. We have that relationship with God first. And then we bring forth to the people and building that relationship with people and fellowship. My wife and I, we've been married 30 years this year. 30 years. How does that marriage, how? Yes, thank you. Yes. How? Because of her relationship with God and my relationship with God. Her heart, she has a heart of God. I have a heart of God. And now we meet, we develop a relationship together and a marriage, and it made our marriage strong and last throughout those years. Have we gone through struggles and challenges? Yes, we have. All kinds of things, good and the bad, but God is in the center of our relationship. He brings us wisdom and love, encouragement, protection, and it fills our hearts full all the time. It's just amazing. It's amazing how you have a heart of God and how awesome our God is. To provide that. Now with John chapter 13 verse 35. It says. That by noticing all that all my disciples that you are dedicated disciples of our God. And that you shall show love for one another. All of us. So the Bible says that you are to show love for one another. That means that is a true statement. That means you are a true dedicated disciple of our God. So how can we show love to one another? How? Through your relationship that you have with God. Because you had that first. And then you can develop that relationship and how we learn, we communicate with one another, how we communicate and talk and developing those relationships because it's 
of our relationship with God. And you benefit the support, love, and encouragement, and the wisdom that we learn and that inspires us because we live in a world that's full of chaos. Don't you agree? Yes, it's crazy out there. It's out and around us every single day. But the Bible says we need to be aware of this chaos and craziness. And that's why we have a heart of God and a heart of people that will protect us from this chaotic, crazy, sinful world that tries to just threat and destroy us and create enemies. That is why we are here today to receive that protection. Yes, amen. Amen. That third letter, S, have a heart of service. So one, we have a heart for God. That's your G in the GPS. And then your P is your, what? Heart for people, right? For the people. Third is the heart of service. Let's go to Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 through 28. Jesus, he came. Why? For all of us to serve Jesus? No. Jesus came to serve you. And how did he do that? Yes, he died on the cross. He bled. And he paid your debt of your sins and wipe that away. So what punishment is of sin? What is your punishment? Death, right? So you are born guilty of sin. Because of Adam and Eve eating the apple, Adam and Eve bit the apple, produced sin throughout the generations and the guilt of that. And who can remove that? Who can pay off that sin and remove it? Just Jesus. No one else. No other name. None. No idol cannot do that. Only the one and only Jesus. He comes to serve you. And he came and he taught and he's our healer. And he is the one who created many miracles. And he told Satan to get out. And what did Satan do? He obeyed. He, he left. So Jesus does many things. He teaches the 12 disciples he taught them and encouraged them and explained to them. And he was patient and he demonstrated and showed by example and explained throughout and prayer. He was not egotistical. He was humble and he explained, counseled. He went to the cross 
The disciples didn't get it yet still. So Jesus told them, I will be arrested. I will be beaten. I will be nailed to the cross and I will die. But on the third day, I will rise. I will be resurrected. And the 12 disciples looked at him like, what? They were thinking, oh, Jesus might be a little bit crazy. Did he go off the rails? How can he do that? So then later, Jesus, it did come true. He was arrested. He was thrashed. He was judged by man. And he was sent and nailed to the cross. The 12 disciples saw it with their own eyes. They saw Jesus die on that cross. And they were sad. Carried him off into the tomb on the third day. He was not there. God risen Jesus and he came back and he showed them. He says, look, I'm healed. And they finally, the disciples finally got it. So what happened? So Jesus around 40 days and then he left back to heaven and soon what happened the Holy Spirit came down to the 12 disciples received the Holy Spirit and they went and preached to the world and shared the gospel they went out and then what happened a lot of people were saved today. That is still being carried to today. The message of God, the baptism tomorrow, and it will continue long beyond our time here. Wow. This happened. Jesus came. He's in a wonderful example of a servant. You can emulate his service and use that gospel throughout the world to be a person of servant, a servitude with the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to let you know, I'm a full-time pastor at a deaf church in Bakersfield, and I've been there for many years. I, too, am also involved as a volunteer chaplain for deaf inmates at the state prison located in Corcoran, California. And that is where I have been going for the last 20 years as well, since 2004, every Monday, and I work with um, deaf inmates. And what do I do? I teach them Bible study. 12 steps programs, anger management classes, parenting classes, drug and alcohol addiction programs are teaching the deaf and baptizing them as well. Some of them also get married, and I perform those services. Their girlfriends will come. They, we conduct a wedding ceremony in the prison, and we fellowship. Wow. Truly, God is awesome. I'm serious. I've witnessed this. He is awesome. Those inmates in there, 
how can I get involved in prisons and working with inmates? Well, I'll tell you the reason why. Years ago, I first became, when I became a pastor, I was in Florida. I received a phone call from the state prisons of Florida. And I was only 25, and they asked me, please come. It was in central Florida is the location. And it was really hot. It was sweaty. Ugh, alligator country. Ugh. It was a swampland out there. And it was right in central Florida. It's the middle of nowhere, right? Here's this prison. I accepted the request. I went into the prison. I was walking with the guard, helping me navigate into one a specific cell block. And there was a deaf man. It was a young man. I think he was about 22 years of age. Big guy. Oh, he was big. He was 6'4". Weighed about 350 pounds. He was stout. He's got red hair, freckles. I walk in, and I was told his name is Bobby. I walked in, and I looked at him, and I said, I recognize him. I know him. He used to be a student in my PE class. I was a PE teacher right before I became a pastor. He was one of my former students, Bobby. I go, hey, Bobby. We came up, we hugged. That's our cultural greeting. We sat down. I say, hey, what happened, Bobby? And he explained to me what had happened. He had to do five years, right? And I said, hey. Why do you need me, Bobby? Why did you ask for me? He said, a lot of the hearing inmates, I keep telling him, yo, Bobby, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. And Bobby's like, what, what, what are you talking about? I don't know. Who's Jesus? Get the heck away from me. So all the hearing inmates, they would take this Bible and they would wave the Bible and they would point to the Bible and point to him indicating he needed it. But the problem is, Nobody can communicate with him. Nobody knew sign language. So Bobby asked me, he goes, Jeff, who's Jesus? Do you know Jesus? I looked at Bobby. And I said, yes, I know Jesus. Oh, yes, I do. And do you know who? And he said, no, I don't know. Who are they talking about this Jesus? Oh, I was so excited. I couldn't wait. So I sat there and I explained to him the whole story, the whole purpose of Jesus in sign language, all the visual affects of everything. Two hours later, his heart was open. And he says, Pastor Jeff, I want Jesus in my life. And how? Because we decided to pray together. He opened his mind his heart, and that moment he put his faith and believed that Jesus was the true and only Lord and Savior, and it happened. Jesus, the Holy Spirit came to him, to Bobby, and saved his life, and he got up, and we both got up, and we're just praising the Lord, saying, hallelujah, I have never seen anything. I saw with my own eyes and never witnessed that before. Oh, no, all praise goes to God. A year later, he gets out of prison. He was there for four years, so a year later. So I guide him to a deaf church close to him where he can continue to grow his spirit and his worship with God.
So he got involved in the church. And then a year later after that, the pastor of that church gives me a call and says, hey, brother, Pastor Jeff, just want to tell you some unfortunate news. Unfortunately, Bobby passed away. And I said, what? What happened? He said, oh, well, he got jumped by gang members. They came up the back of him and stabbed him in the neck. And he died right there on the spot where he stood. So I came to his funeral. Oh, my heart was broken. Bobby laying there in his casket. I could see him. It was open. And I told everyone there, I said, this Bobby that you see in this casket? Oh, no. His spirit was the Lord. He's home now. He's with God. You know why? Because he has Jesus in his heart. He truly believed. And if I hadn't gone and accepted the invitation to go meet with Bobby at their request, what would have happened to Bobby? Right? We don't know. Because he didn't know. So all these people in the room, there's a lot of homeboys and homegirls there and that funeral. There was a lot. And I told them the story about what happened to Bobby why and what happened when I visited him in prison and I witnessed a miracle in front of me that he changed his life. The homeboys and homegirls there, they were moved. I think they understood for the first time. There was 15. 15 stood up. They raised their hand. They said, hey, Pastor Jeff, I want Jesus in my life. Because... I saw what, how Bobby changed, and they wanted the same thing. Yes, praise the Lord. And they wanted the same thing. So when I left that funeral that day, I was overwhelmed. I wept. How many deaf inmates out there in the world, in the United States, there's many who are going to, into these prisons to teach them and give them the word of God to explain who Jesus is. Me, I will do it, Lord. I will go. Wow. I mean, it's 20 years now ago. I've seen so many and witnessed so many things. I can stay here all day and tell you so many stories like that. But my point is service, heart of service. They're not serving me. Oh, no. I'm providing a heart of service. I have a class that I do every Thursday evening. And it's called Life, Death, Recovery. And it's every Thursday. Every Thursday evening, they learn how to break away from addiction, drug, alcohol, sexual addiction, anger, money, attitude, everything, any kind of addiction that's chaining them down every Thursday night because I'm deaf to deaf. We get it. We can converse and relate to one another. That's my passion. Why am I involved? Why do I want to do this service? Because I myself had a 
rough childhood experience. I had an alcoholic father. I saw what addiction does. The detriment, horrible things that you witness as a child growing up. The pain in my heart. The fear. The anger. The bitterness. The confusion. Not just the addicted person, but the family. And all of us. I was in search of identity. I was in search of who I am. Who are, where was I looking for? What was I looking? I was looking for God, as it turns out. And it transformed my life. I'm not chained to all those old feelings anymore. There's people that are struggling and hurting, drowning in sin and pain and anger that they're holding on to. I see it. I understand because I was no different. And I'm here to help and serve and teach and encourage them to go to our Heavenly Father, to our God. Remember Matthew chapter 12, verse 21 says that Jesus and his name gives hope. He is the hope for the world, for each and every one of us. So once more, Bobby in that casket he had a heart for God. He had a heart for people. And he had a heart to serve. And it was temporary until he was murdered. But praise God because he had the power and the authority over his soul. And the same thing for each and every one of you. Regardless if you're deaf or hearing, no matter what. You all need GPS. You have a heart of God. Yes, I got a heart of God. Yes, I got this relationship with him. And it flows through me. I'm the vessel. And I come to church to feed that. And my fellowship and my relationships here in the church, the house of the Lord, and be part of our community and to be a servant, to serve, to preach, to shell the course of the gospel to help and serve. We're all a team to support and go out into the world, into our communities. God is awesome. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Yes. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So I, I want GPS in the heart. It is what it means to be a dedicated disciple, to follow his commandments and his promises because he will pour his blessings throughout to so many lives and it will meet all of the need. God will meet the need. Praise God. Amen. So let's do a short prayer together. Let's pray together. Lord, amazing, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because of you, you brought the Holy Spirit to each and all of our hearts. And we know our heart and our mind, we receive you and your message from the gospel to give encouragement, continue to remind each and every one of us to challenge us and help us pray that 
we all look into each one of their GPS, that they have a heart for you, God, and that they have Jesus in their heart and their relationship, and that it is great if it's cloudy, that's something that's intervening. Maybe it's a problem, but we pray that they can meet with you and that you can help wash their heart to have a full loving heart for you, God. And we secondly pray our people to develop relationships to overcome their shyness, their fear that there's nothing to be afraid of, to have wonderful relationships and fellowships, to love and learn and communicate with one another, to satisfy their need. Please pray over their hearts that they will be a servant and that they will support the church here to maintain a healthy and strong and longevity of the service of you, Lord. Protect this church, the members, the guests, the visitors from all enemies that are out there who may try to intervene and destroy this church. You, God, you protect the people the staff, the pastor, their families, the leaders, the body, the believers, all protect them. You, God, continue to bless them in the body of this church, that they will continue to teach and share and explain about you, Lord to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for your continual blessing and spirit to be here. Thank you, our Lord, our awesome God. I say these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. May God bless you all. Thank you all so much. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store and you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.